I had debated going uh, going just right into the to me talking. And then I decided, now everybody loves the song so much they want to hear it. They love that uh, Too Lazy to Write jingle that somebody wrote for me, and I don't even remember who or when or how much it cost, but it didn't cost too much, as I'm sure many would agree. Um, hi, and welcome back. This is um, one of my rare times where I have like two interviews back to back and um, fairly close to release dates. I mean, I know my release dates are all screwy and I got to get that under control. And I will eventually one day. Uh, it's Too Lazy to Write with me, your host, The Real John Baker. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Shana Tova. I hope everybody uh, celebrating uh, the Jewish New Year had a uh, meaningful celebration. And now we're gearing up for Yom Kippur. And for anybody else, I hope you had a good weekday. I don't remember what day it was. Um, it was good, I think. Yeah, Rosh Hashanah, we hung out at, uh, with the rabbi at his uh, shul. He had it at the, at the uh, Holiday Inn, just, uh, just in Herndon. I know it sounds exotic. It was nice. It was really nice. Um, there was so much I wanted to talk about, and I can't think about any of it right now because I want to get to my interview where this time, this week, I spoke with, uh, sounds redundant, but an old friend, uh, we knew each other, well, I'm going to find out, you'll find out when we first met each other, uh, and how that would today be grounds for a lawsuit. Uh, I spoke with Kelly Mendelson from her home in Los Angeles. I also discovered, as you'll find out, that you can blur the background on Skype. I didn't know that. Um... So that's what we we talked about her uh, path to um, being a film uh, TV uh, producer, a producer of all sorts of things requiring production and uh, other things, many other things we spoke about. It's a nice interview. I was happy to talk to her and I hope, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it because I enjoyed doing it and everybody listening to this podcast enjoys me and my witty banter. So thank you uh, for tuning in to Lazy to Write with me, the real John Baker. I know that sounded like I was wrapping up, but I'm not because you're going to go and listen to the interview I did with Kelly Mendelson. You're going to hear it right now. You look the exact same. Yeah, you too. Really? Yeah. The exact same. I Exactly. Well, a little more hair on your face. And you don't. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, look at that fancy mic. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazon, a uh, hundred bucks, and I have a podcast. There you That's go. All. It almost looks like you're you have a background behind you. It doesn't look like it like it almost looks like you're green screened. Well, you know the movie trick was Skype, that- where you can blur the background. No, how do you do that? It's like a setting where you just go in and it says blur background. Oh. Is that so I can't read what's on your bookshelf? Well, normally this computer's in my office, so yes. It's what you can't read behind me. But oh, look at that. Blur my background. Yeah. I'm going to do that. That's, oh, there you go. That's I never knew. Okay. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. How is everything today in uh, Los Angeles? It's beautiful and hot. Nice. I'm preparing to get on the road. I'm going to a shoot in New York tomorrow. Oh, okay. Up since the crack of dawn. Um, are you allowed to talk about what you're shooting or no? 
Um, usually I am, but this one I'm actually not really. But I, I'm filming something over at the World Trade Center property. Oh, okay. So, um, so I'm going to do all this in my intro and talk about how you're a producer. Mm-hmm. But you're a producer uh, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. But you started out – oh, you started out. I knew you way back, a long time ago. Um, we'll say we stopped seeing each other like in high school maybe and might have bumped into each other at university. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Dina about it. Did you go to did JCD, JCC Day Camp? Oh, like as a child? Child, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you did you go to that two year you know like after you you graduated you you finished those there was like a two year sports camp before you're like old enough to go to sleepaway camp? I may have. Man. Sounds from I I do remember one year going to sports camp. Sports camp it might be one or two years. So I went and I think it was and you're friends with Mark Alice right? Yeah. So I remember that and. Was there a Gary Mazursky? Gary Mursky. Mursky. Close, yeah. yeah. So we were there at the same time at the sleepaway part, I mean at the uh, sports camp part, and they had one night where you slept over. Did I cry? No. Oh. And Mark and Gary went around and kissed all of us girls. Which nowadays would be a major because lawsuit. At seven years old, I think, uh, you know. Wow. Uh, that's what I, I that's my first I, memory of you is being you guys of uh, being kids girls. At like six or seven years old. And, and I, uh, but, um, and mm-hmm. then you decided at that moment that you wanted to be a film producer. <laughs> that was the inspiration. Yes. Okay. Um, so no, how so you went to school? Did you go to university for film? Not at all. I went for linguistics. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I did a linguistics and psychology major. Okay. And I had always wanted to work in geriatrics. I thought, you know, for a long, long time, that was going to be my calling. I was going to be a speech therapist. I figured out my life. And uh, I went to, like, volunteer at a hospital with geriatrics. And they would sit there and they would say, okay, make a sound. And it would take, you know, seven weeks to, like, form a sound. And I was like... Nope, oh. <laughs> not it. This was like not my not my speed. Okay. So um, I happened to be um, working for a group, a company at the CNE, and they were um, they did carnivals, and I met a bunch of people, and I spent my summers traveling around Ontario, going to working different carnivals. And you were I carny. That, yeah, I was. I was carny oh, of the year, nineteen ninety. 1989. Really? Wow, Carney of the Year. Yeah. Is yeah. that why you blurred the background so I can't see that or? Exactly. It's uh, next to my uh, Emmy. Yeah. No. Not yet. Not yet. Soon. Soon. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So you worked as a Carney. You became Carney of the Year. Carney of the Year, but I loved that fast-paced like. I love the speed. I love the lights. I love the craziness. I love the hours. I love the being overtired. Like I loved that environment. Okay. And so I knew that I wanted to do something that was similar. And then that took you on the path to uh, film production. Sort of. Okay. I I then I graduated. um, I graduated from York and I moved back to Florida 
to start my master's in speech pathology because my mother wanted me to. Okay. And um, again, slow paced, didn't love it, dropped out. And at the time I was dating a guy who was Matt Dillon's stand-in. Okay. And he said to me, well, why don't you just come get a job on set? You'll be a PA, you know, you'll hold open doors and get coffee and have no responsibility. And I was like, okay, fine. And uh, I went on, never been on set, knew nothing about production. And I became friends with the publicist and she um, got a job in LA and she recommended I take over her job. And I went to her house over the weekend and got trained and I tripled my salary and I cut my hours in half. And I was like, this is the industry. For me. <laughs> wow. And this was all in Florida. This was in Florida. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so I spent a little bit of time working on a couple of shows, movies out there, and then eventually, actually pretty quick after that, I moved to L.A., and um, I think I was here three or four months before I got the job at Revelations. Which is where you've been now the whole time? Um, Not the whole time. I was there full-time for eight years, and then I left. Um, I left for about five years Except that after two years, I kind of went back there part time. And so I spent, you know, a couple of years working for them, but also doing other stuff. Okay. okay. So, and then in 2014, I went back full time in my current position. And so what is the current position that you're in? I am SVP of production. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I oversee the production for, we have a scripted division, scripted television, film, factual television, and then we do some digital stuff as well. Okay, so factual television. Uh, you posted on Facebook the other day something about on A and E a ghost hunter type story. Is that what you call factual television? Yeah, I mean that's more a little like reality ish. Um, okay. Factual is more like the story of God. We did um, right. that video through the wormhole. Um, it's not so much pick up a camera and see what happens. It's a little more structured. Okay. Um, and more documentary style. Okay. And when you did that, uh, the story of God, is that mm-hmm. what it was called? Okay. Um, did that have you, were you traveling all over the world on location shooting that? So the show was in season one, I traveled a bit. I think actually in season one, I did all the domestic shoots. Okay. And then um, in season two, I also did all the domestic shoots. And then in season three, I did a couple of international shoots. So it depends on where they are and what's going on. And I, I can't really leave for, you know, they're on the road sometimes 60, 70 days. So I can't right. really leave for all of that time. Cause you have a dog. I do. <laughs> Maple. I was, I was kind of hoping I'd see her pop up, but oh, no, she's huh? sleeping right next to me. Yeah. Okay. I had to lock. Mine is locked out. She wanted to go for a walk. The reason I was late calling was because I was feeding her and the cat and having the Skype issues. Um, And now she's probably just standing at the door really pissed off that I didn't take her out. But (laughs) she'll get over it. She always does. Um, So the the story of God, that was uh, hosted by Morgan Freeman. Mm -hmm. And you searched for God in that one. Yes, we did. Well... What we did is we searched the cross religions to to find out um, how we're more similar than we are different. Okay, so we yeah. answered stories. We answered the questions like you know about how people relate to um, the devil or how or evil. Um, 
oh gosh, I can't even remember them already. It's so long ago. Um, you know, different sort of facets of, of religion and God and spirituality. And for something like that, when you say you like you do the domestic stuff, do you go like uh, ahead of time to like research and, and scout locations or is that not in your uh, is that something else that someone else would do? Uh, you mean me personally or as part of producing the project? As part of producing the, the project uh, or, yeah, if that's something you do. Um, we don't do that so much, mostly because most of the shoots are international um, and we're usually dealing with locations like, um, you know, the tombs in Egypt or, you know, places in Israel where you have what's called a fixer on the ground okay, and they okay. go and take pictures and they're your sort of local liaison and they, you know, help coordinate everything for you. Um, so we, well, once we land, we'll do a day of scouting and then, you know, we'll pretty much shoot, but we're in and out of these countries fairly quickly. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, so you might get like 12, 14 hours of footage or is that too much or? Oh no. You, if you, maybe you get an hour a day, Really? Okay. hours a day, you know, I mean, you usually have two or three cameras, an interview with somebody usually goes about three, four hours and maybe you walk away with 30 minutes of footage. Yeah. Yeah. That's how my podcast goes. I get like three, four hours. <laughs> I don't trust me. You'll be done very soon. Uh, and what was I going to ask you about? It was not about the story of God. Um, okay. I had a friend on who, who is a producer in Toronto mm -hmm. and um, uh, there, I know that there is a degree you have to have the professionalism, you know, it's the expression like act like you've been there before. Right. But has there ever been somebody that you've been on shoot with or you've been in contact with where you were just like for, – for my friend, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger he met. And he just was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Has mm -hmm. there been anyone like that or are you just cool the whole time? You mean like in awe of meeting? Yes. Um, you know, when I first started, right, right. I – within the first couple of months of working for the company, I was at this event with Morgan um, – and I was in the green room and it was, you know, Rene Russo and Steven Spielberg and NSYNC and Danny DeVito, like all these great. And then Henry Winkler walked in and I almost lost my shit. I just remember growing up, you know, watching the Fonz and yeah. he walked over to us and he's like, oh, does anyone have a mint? And I gave him a mint and he's like, I can't believe Morgan Freeman's here. And I'm thinking like, Morgan Freeman, I'm talking to the Fonz. Like, That's but, funny. Yeah. I had by him i actually had a similar situation i uh, wasn't through work but i went to I, my son and i go to comic cons mm -hmm. and we were at one in uh philadelphia two years ago and it was like middle of the day friday and it's really dead on the floor at that point and henry winkler was there and like nobody that barry i think had just finished season one mm -hmm. um and he hadn't won the emmy yet so he was still like he was hawking water boy stuff and you yeah. know, other, other things he had been in. And I went up to him and I told, I told him that like, as a Jewish kid, um, he was like my Sandy Koufax. <laughs> like when I discovered that the Fonz was Jewish, that made being Jewish, like so much cooler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. he was so gracious. He was like, Oh, I loved him. Yeah. So it was Henry Winkler who did it for you. Huh? Yeah, I mean, he was the one, he was really the first one that, um, 
that, you know, that I interacted with that I was like, oh, interesting. Like, I don't even think I knew who NSYNC was. Yeah. Um, but I get asked that question a lot. And I think the person that most surprised me was um, we did a film with Billy Bob Thornton. And man, that man is charming. Oh, really? I mean, he has a presence and a charm that's, you know, you in person, it's unbelievable. Really? How interesting. Because yeah. yeah. he, he, of course, made some waves a few years ago in Canada. If you, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. He was interviewed on uh, Gian Gomeshi's show on Q. This was before Gian Gomeshi was accused of sexual harassment by a number of people. And he was told not to bring up movies. He was there just to promote his music. Mm. So, of course, he went for the movie angle. And Billy Bob Thornton, I think, started reading the newspaper out loud. And it was just not – he wasn't having any of it. Yeah. And uh, that showed John. John. And you remember him at New York? He was the uh, uh, I don't. president. Yeah. He was in Moxie Fruvis. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're heading out to New York to do something for the World Trade Center. Does, and is that um, – common like that you'll just get a call that you've got to hit the road or are, the, are these things worked on for a while yeah they're worked on for a while i mean i don't do things that we don't produce so okay. um it's something we've been working on it's at the property it's not about the world right. trade so to speak but it's, it's on that property but um we um we've been working on that for a while and so um yeah and when can we expect to see that you won't it's a oh. It's a sizzle reel right now for a technology play that we're doing, but that's really all I can say. That's, that's enough, I think. Yeah. yeah. And um, what else can you tell me about your life in Los Angeles? How does it differ from growing up on Catalina, was it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. I actually did some research. I asked, oh, I was talking to Corey Schuster last week. Oh, Corey. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, did Kelly grow up on your street? And he said, no, Catalina. So that's how I knew. He was one street over. He was on the San Diego street. Across the street from her. Yeah. 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 Um, how does it differ? Well, um, I mean, besides being an adult and being able to drive, <laughs> and, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, Los Angeles is, it's a tough town. It's, um, you know, it's all about networking and who you know and, you don't really get a lot of community and there's a lot of drive and nobody wants to commit to everything. And, you know, but you find your groups, you find your niches. I have a great Jewish community here. I have a great group of industry friends, you know, so just like any, anywhere else. Are you an award show regular? Oh no, God. Yeah. They're, um, you know, if we have something going on, you know, I'll go and, you know, it could be fun, but, you know, you kind of show up at the last minute, you walk in, you sit at your table, nobody's looking at you, you know, you have fun with the people you're at and you leave. Yeah. Sort of thing. But they're, uh, they're very long. I heard the yeah. secret is power bars. Like, <laughs> pack oh, yeah. your purse. those are for people who don't eat. <laughs> pack your purse with granola bars and you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody eats because of their dresses. You know, right. I think I went to, I think once, where was I? It was the AFI awards. Was Morgan? No, I think it was, I don't know who it was, George Clooney or somebody like that was being awarded. And I was on a red eye that night. And I, so I wore, actually wore 
like yoga pants. Okay. And I threw on like a black, a black silk shirt and a really long silk red jacket and went in yoga pants. And I was like, nobody is looking at me, you know? <laughs> I was like, I got in the car and just like changed into a sweatshirt and called it a day. I always imagine if if I was on a red carpet and they asked me what I was wearing, I'd be like, it's Moors. <laughs> <laughs> Or well, here now it'd be Jose Banks. Right. Yes. Exactly. But not really living in the states. How do I? Sorry. How do you like living in the states? Uh, It's weird. Like um, we came. uh, It's a little over three years ago. It was right before the election. It was August Mm -hmm. of sixteen, and um, where we moved, like we moved, we're about twenty-five minutes outside of DC, with no traffic. Um, and we, we, we were renting a house on a street that was part of an HOA. Mm -hmm. So nobody, so everyone was really old. There were no kids on the street. So my kids had like no one to just hang out with. Uh, everything had to be just so, you know, like it was a pain in the ass. So, and then of course the election happened and, um, I was ecstatic and everybody else was, I'm not, I'm kidding. I wasn't ecstatic, but it was shocking. Um, and, and things were just bleh for like six or eight months after that. And it really took a while for me to get into the groove of like, not, I mean, election aside of just being so outside of where I was from. Mm-hmm. Like I had only lived in Ottawa and Toronto, but when I was in Toronto, I was at York and I didn't, leave the campus. Yeah. Um, so it was, it it took an adjustment. And also, uh, I think like moving at 45 is, you know, no one wants to be your friend, you know, it's, and I think it it takes like three years. Yeah. I think people said it's going to take a while, but I overestimated and I thought, Oh, I'll get there and it'll be great. And I'll meet people and whatever. And it wasn't at all. And yeah, it took three years because we had my son's bar mitzvah just uh, last month and we were putting people on the list who were like actual friends who we've made here. So then I realized, yeah, we we do know people. And it was, but yeah, 45 is not the age to move. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's tough making friends as adults. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And, you know, like you join leagues or you join clubs or, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, people just. And here I find in where we are, it's very transitional. So yeah. you have a lot of people, they don't, if they say they work for the government and that's all they say, then they're a spy. The, yeah. They're a spy or they're, they're yeah. secret service or they're moving and they're moving in like a year. Yeah. Everybody's always moving. Yeah. So we moved and we found this great street and, and really nice neighbors. And so that kind of worked to our advantage uh, after we moved. But yeah, it was definitely uh, a change. And I've like, I've noticed some weird, like some stuff like, Everybody here is very concerned with their rights. Like as a Canadian, it never dawned on me that I had these rights. They were just things that I had and I existed. Right. You know, I could say government that you knew would support most of what you believed in. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's like, I can say what I want. It's my first amendment. If a day, there's not a day goes by that I don't hear the words first amendment. (laughs) Like it's shocking. Um, so yeah, that I thought was kind of weird. And also people are very into what school they went to. (laughs) Like, Mm. 
I find that a lot. It's like, oh, you're a Duke man, are you? Okay. Uh, well, I'm a Notre Dame fella. And it's like, what do you care? Like, you're a grown person. Why do you? I don't know. Does that matter to you where somebody went to school? No, I know <laughs> anybody, but I also think that, you know, that sort of gives you a, a quick sum of somebody's education, Yeah, you know, and, and maybe where they stand politically or, you know, and so that matters over there. Yeah, um, it really does. Here, maybe it's the equivalent of, uh, you know, what show did you work on last or, you know, yeah. what's your last credit? Oh, should I have IMDb'd you before I called? Uh, should you have? Yeah, I was going to, and then this whole thing happened with my Skype, so I can't do two things at once. No, it's totally fine. What was your first credit? What was that? Probably the show that uh, got me into the industry. It was a TV show called Sins of the City. Sins of the City. Yeah, and actually, it was really interesting. Talk about a full circle moment. I one of the main characters on that show it was a USA Network show was a actor named Jose Zuniga and when I was um, deciding whether or not to take the job as the publicist and then eventually moved to California he was like look I've been around I know this industry when you're good you get you know take you get job offers very quickly like don't take this lightly this is a big deal and really convinced me that I should move forward with it and all the times that I've been talking about my story, I always bring him up and I always like include him as part of my, you know, getting into the industry story. And last year they cast him on Madam Secretary, which is another show our company does. Okay. And so I like reconnected with him after all these years. And I was like, I said to my boss, I was like, this is the reason I'm working for you. <laughs> you know, you owe him a big thank you. So, I've cool. often wondered if from show to show, um, the the people will recognize that they've been with each other at some point, whether it's production or whether it's cast or crew. Yeah, I mean, it's yes, you probably do remember, but it's a very false family that gets created very quickly and then disbands. I mean, I've been on many shows where I've just completely connected with a crew member or a group of people, and we all you know exchange phone numbers, and then I never talk to them again. So. Um, you know, a lot of times people work um, on the same shows, and if you have a group of of, of uh, colleagues and you want to move from show to show, then um, that happens a lot. But a lot of times, too, you never see anybody ever again. Really? Mm-hmm. I also wondered, like, sometimes you'll see that, like, two celebrities, when I'm on IMDb, are born on the same day and they've worked on the same thing. And I'm like, I wonder if they know. <laughs> I don't know. That's I've never had that thought. But actually, you know, it's it's um, when I hire people and I'm looking at resumes to see people have worked for the same group of people over mm-hmm. and over again is a good thing. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that would be true in every field. Yeah, but I think like where I was before, like I had, I think a lot of people have a lot of longevity on the side. But your work is kind of short spurts. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you were saying before that you get to DC often. I do. Is that work related or is it? No, my first, my aunt and uncle and my first cousins and my godkids all live there. Oh. They God. own, um, they own a, a bunch of restaurants, um, on, um, in Crystal City and, um, in Capitol Hill. 
um, and at the airport and where else? I think there's one in Georgetown, but, uh, my cousin was on top chef. And so he has a little bit of, uh, fame there. Okay. Um, so it's, um, have you been heard of, uh, good stuff eatery or we, the pizza? No, but I will now. Yeah. You should check it out. They make really great burgers. Okay. That's a taco place called Santa Rosa. I should know the name, but it's I all would, on Pennsylvania Avenue. I was amazed at the amount of, um, taco places in this area. <laughs> I didn't like, I, I knew that there was a very large Mexican population in America, but I, my only exposure was basically Florida <laughs> before oh, moving here. Oh, and then LA. Uh, I've been to LA twice, I think, but the last time was, yeah, like two or three years ago. Um, yeah, I knew there was a definite, you know, Mexican influence there. Um, but I was really surprised here because I, I sort of considered this the East, which it is, but we're also right at the top of the South. Yeah. Which is, I like to say, where racism begins. Because <laughs> some, so, <laughs> I can laugh. Um, somebody told me actually once we were driving to Florida and they said, you'll know you're going the right way when you get on the 95 and you'll see the big, um, Confederate flag. And I was like, how big, like, I'm thinking, how big is it really going to be? And it took up like four lanes of traffic. Yeah. I hope it's not still up there. Oh, it, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, three times we've driven three times I've seen it. I, I, there was a place that I went to. Uh, about a year ago, and <laughs> it's this like stalagmite stalactite cave. It's a big tourist attraction, and we stopped on our way there to have a hamburger. And um, they had this flyer for this place called Cooters, which was a restaurant and bar owned by the guy who played Cooter on uh, the Dukes of Hazard. And it was and it was a mile away from the cavern. So I'm like, well, we got to go there. Like, I got to see this place. So we went and it was full of Confederate flags like everywhere. And I thought like this would be like if you left the airport in Germany. Right. (laughs) Don't go there. No, but that's what it would be like if you were walking through, you know, the airport in Berlin and they had just all of this paraphernalia. You'd be like, I think they lost. Anyway. Right. So, yeah, I find, and and maybe, I don't know, you've lived here longer, but I'm very careful with what I say to people, honestly, based on their license plate. <laughs> like, there's a yeah. popular one here, Don't Tread on Me, which I didn't know was like a tea party thing. Hmm. So, are you a citizen? I am. I did my citizenship because I was going to take a, like a four or five month gig in Toronto. Okay. And uh, I thought, you know what, just there were some immigration issues happening at the time. I thought just in case I'm going to get it, but I ended up staying here. Was it a tough test? No, it wasn't. I mean, I didn't know anything. So, you know, you have to definitely learn the questions. But, you know, they say you have to get a um, an English test and you have to answer all these questions and go for an interview. It took six months to the day. And I went in for my interview and... Um, I wrote my name somewhere wrong or I did something wrong. And, and he pointed out and I said, Oh, I'm usually impeccable. I'm surprised I made that mistake. And then at the end I said, aren't I supposed to have an English test? And he said, 
you just used impeccable in a sentence. I think we're okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay. All right. Well, I think we'll end it there because the computer's going to crap out on me again. Okay. And I don't want to have to go through the embarrassment of having to recall you. Um, it was impeccable speaking with you. <laughs> and I hope that when you're in DC, you call me. Yes, absolutely. If you have five minutes. I will. Um, and if you want to meet my dog, she's very sweet. Okay. How are you with cats? Allergic. Okay, then I'll have to go meet you. Yeah, yes, you'll meet me. We'll go. We'll go somewhere fun. All right, Kelly Mendelson, enjoy uh, New York. Thanks, John Baker. It's good to talk to you. It was great talking to you too. Take care. I want to do this again sometime. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. You see what I I was saying back when I said at the beginning in the intro how when we first met, or rather her first memory of me could be grounds for a lawsuit. Well, there you have it. Um, I realized there was some nonsense that I just jibber jabbered on about living in the States. Uh, it was me just talking ad nauseum. Um, and I'm going to maybe one day just sit and talk and address, you know, the ups and downs of living in America. Do you remember in the nineties when, uh, there was that guy, I think it was Mike Flowers, I think was his name. And he took all of those uh, grungy songs and he made them into lounge acts. Remember when lounge was a real big thing? It was sort of right before swing dancing uh, (laughs) took over. Do you remember when swing dancing was a thing and everybody wanted to, oh, we're going to go out and we're going to swing. I don't know what. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to swing dance and swing was a thing. How funny was that? So I want to thank um, Kelly once again for talking to me. And uh, like we said in the uh, in the interview, I spoke to her and I, she lived on Catalina and I spoke to Corey who lived around the corner on uh, Camwood and Sandy lived across the street on Camwood and Arlington Woods was a happening place back in the uh, 80s. Still is, I imagine. Uh, so thank you for listening Too lazy to write is the podcast. And, uh, I appreciate each and every one of you listening. You could find, uh, the website too lazy to write.com. The word, the number two, the word lazy, the number two, the word write.com. And, uh, I'm on Twitter at the real John Baker, where I just say shitty things. Uh, and on Facebook, we're probably friends. Uh, and I maybe should set up a Facebook page for this thing. And maybe I will one day. I don't know. So thank you for listening. Um, take care of yourself. Shana Tova. Have an easy fast, etc., etc. Uh, going to hopefully get another one out of these uh, next week. And we'll chat again then. Okay, take care of yourselves. Be good to each other. Talk to you later. Bye now.